Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots Bay Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concern for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815 on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook, Pre-Arb Excellence Group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, Baseball and Cannons and ask me questions if I was confusing. Baseball and cannons, in case you're concerned or curious, cannons is spelled C-A-N-O-N-S, not C-N-N-O-N-S, which leads me to a nice interruption. When I came up with the idea for baseball and cannons, I had a home run I had to watch. I had a home run I had to watch. There are two Jimmy Wynn home runs on the YouTube that if you haven't already seen them, you should probably go watch them. Jimmy Wynn was a short dude. He was like 5'8", 5'9". And despite that, he thumped the ball a long way periodically. The first, well, one of the two that you will see is a... um. Shot in Crosley Field. Wynn was with the Astros, and they were visiting Crosley Field in, honestly, this one. I don't know what year it was. But uh, Crosley Field had a large scoreboard in left, which was attached to the wall. So it was a huge score, a very tall scoreboard. Wynn hit the ball over the scoreboard. And as it went over the scoreboard, it kept going and going and went out onto the highway that was beyond the scoreboard. So it was the, the ball was basically, you know, trying to play Frogger on the uh, on the highway and avoid cars and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the second home run that you could see on YouTube that you really ought to see is this home run in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh used to play in Forbes Field. Forbes Field had a humongous field. It was like 457 to center, something like that. Instead of having the um, batting cages, you know, behind the, you know, tucked in here, there, they just, they toss the batting cage out in center field. It's just out there. If you hit the ball to the batting cage, well, congratulations. Uh, Jimmy Wynn hit a home run over the 457 foot sign. Off of, I don't think it said who it was. Um, I could find out, but I'm not going to look it up. But no, uh, the two home runs by Jimmy Wynn, the toy cannon, are both worth looking up on YouTube. Then I accidentally ran into a Pete Rose one from 1970 in Old Crosley Field, which was kind of impressive. Bill Russell was playing center field for the Dodgers. Um... So yeah, you might want to look those two up. But baseball and cannons is about something different. When an idea is brought up by a, not a talking head so much as a writing uh, baseball scribe, once something is written down, once something is written down by someone who is considered legitimate, not me, of course, because, you know, I'm just talking out of my butt and I admit it. But when someone talks about something and writes it down, then it officially becomes acceptable. Then it's reasonable. Hey, Ken Rosenthal talked about it, so it's reasonable. Well, it's a dumb idea, but, 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 
Ken Rosenthal talked about it, so it's reasonable. See how that works? If somebody mentions it, people tend to be sponges for what gets written down, and I'm good with that. You know, if if you are a Cubs fan, it is completely legitimate to, I'm going to pop to this side, I'm going to pop to this side. Ooh, I should read this article, I should read this article. Better check this article out, ought to check this one out, see this one. Ooh, no, that one's stupid, I'm going to check out this one. But you, you check out the ones that make sense to you. Then if someone says something, hey, this person said it, so it makes sense. Now what? I understand why it happens. I get that it happens. And no matter what I'm going to say, it's going to keep happening. So I guess I might as well be okay with it. Once in a while, though, somebody says something that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But since they're respected and it's been written down, it's in the canon. It's in the canon. It's kind of like if there's a, oh, geez, what, uh. Oh, wasn't there like a an extra child that appeared in Happy Days in one or two of the episodes? And then the child quickly got written out, but they were in the canon? You know, well, there's that one episode. There's the kid. There's the kid. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, they were in it, but they weren't. So, you know, it's uh, once something's written into the canon, then it's accepted as being legitimate generally. A couple of days ago, one of the major blogs, I won't say which one, I won't say who wrote it, which blog or the author, an idea about the Cubs potentially trading for Tyler Glasnow was floated as an idea. Glasnow right around, what was it, June they started checking pictures for, um, Stuff, yeah, uh, and Glass now in his first or second start after the um using sticky stuff on the fingers became not so permitted anymore. Uh, he missed a st- missed some time, then missed kept not coming back and kept not coming back. Then they checked, and it's like, okay, he's getting Tommy John surgery, so Tyler Glass now is getting Tommy John surgery. And he's going to obviously miss the rest of this season, probably miss most of the rest of next season. And Tampa doesn't necessarily want to pay to have Tyler Glass now not pitch for them for probably virtually the entire season. Seems reasonable. Glass now came into this season at three point something years of experience. So at the end of this season, he's going to be at four point something years of experience, which means after next season, he'll be at five point something years of experience, which means there will be one year after that before he becomes a free agent. So this person who was writing the article said what the Cubs ought to do is obtain Tyler Glass now from the Rays, who don't want to pay for his salary anyway, and Basically have him take up a 40-man roster spot for the offseason and put him on the 60-day disabled list as soon as spring training starts. And if and when he's ready, bring him back and try to extend him as the opportunity avails itself. Kind of seems to make a little bit of sense, right? 
kind of belongs in the canon, right? Well, I had a question that I asked rather promptly as soon as I saw it. Who are the Cubs going to trade? The Rays are in first place in the best division in baseball. The Rays are in first place. The Yankees are in second place. They're probably going to be a wild card team. The Red Sox and the Blue Jays have both been in line for being a playoff team. So one, two, three, and four are all in line for possibly being playoff teams. And there's only five playoff teams in the AL. And four of them, theoretically, could possibly maybe come from the American League. Well, it's not going to be like that. It's going to be one AL East champ, one AL Central champ, one AL West champ, then two other teams. But it could be either of the three teams in the AL, AL East. It's not going to be Baltimore, but Toronto could get in. Boston could get in. New York could get in. We'll just have to sit and watch and see. So the Tampa Tampa Bay Rays did not back into winning the American League East. They have a very good Major League team. Otherwise, they would not have made the postseason. They won the division already. I think they probably even have home field advantages all the way through the AL side. They're a good team. Well, just send them a prospect. Well, there you go. There, it seems to make sense. The Tampa Bay Rays have the second best minor league pipeline in all of baseball. You're not going to be able to send, well, let's see. Here's a guy. He's been in our system for five years. He's gotten to low A ball. He's a backup infield. Yeah, yeah, we'll trade this guy to get Tyler Glass now. No, no, no. That's not how the Rays do things. If the Rays are going to make a trade, and if the Rays are going to trade someone to the Cubs regarding Tyler Glass now, the Tampa Bay Rays are going to get some quality in return. And in the article, with the author not mentioned, eh, just sent him a mildly interesting prospect. Ask, who's a mildly interesting prospect? Seriously, you know, who, who are we talking? Are we, you listen to my podcast, you know what the minor leagues are. You know, you get the... Guys in AAA, guys in AA, guys in high A, guys in low A, guys in Mesa. Who who is it that the Rays are going to be after? They're not going to want some guy who's the fourth reliever in Myrtle Beach for Tyler Glass now. They're going to want somebody good. They are going to want somebody significant. Alexander Canario? Owen Casey? Who are they going to want? They're going to want somebody that's really good. So when I ask who, who's kind, who's relatively significant, who who's the person that the Cubs would be willing to lose to get Tyler Glass now for possibly one year, that the Rays would be willing to accept. Seriously, the Rays are going to have more than one team interested in Tyler Glass now if the deal's right. If the deal's right. Who would they be willing to accept? Different teams have different tolerance for waiting for a player to come back from injury and getting him for... Glass now would probably make sense for 2023. 
He would probably make sense for 2023. And he might be good for a month, a month and a half in 2022. And if it were a case of Tyler Glass now gets non-tendered by Tampa, and the Cubs can simply go out and spend money and bring in Tyler Glass now, put him on the shelf for the year, and then bring him back late in the season in 2022. That would make perfect sense. But why are the Rays going to want to do that? If the Rays are going to want to make a trade, Owen Casey would make sense. Perhaps Ryan Jensen would make sense. Perhaps they would command James Triantos. They wouldn't want... Well, let's see. Jacob Wetzel had a moderately adequate season in Myrtle Beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the guy. They have guys that are better than that already. They don't need to add fourth outfielders at the A-ball level. That's not what they're after. What they're after is a guy who is going to produce for them at the major league level at some point in the next two or three years. Doesn't have to be this year. But they would want someone who will be useful for them in the long term. Probably a guy who has just recently been drafted or signed. Who knows? Maybe they'd want Pedro Ramirez. Just because someone wrote something down doesn't mean it makes sense. Just because they phrase it in a fashion so it would be, this would be helpful for the Cubs doesn't mean it makes any sense. When there are air bubbles, like, oh, just send them a relatively interesting prospect. Like who? You know, I've got lists of all the rosters. But who is moderately interesting? You know, would they be, would Max Bain be someone the Rays might be interested in, the Cubs might be interested in giving up? I, I don't know who it would be. And that's the entire thing about garbage articles. When you say, or when a writer says, just trade him for a moderate prospect. Push back, push back, push. Who is the moderate prospect you're talking about? And the cool thing is, the cool thing is when you push back, if you're gentle, you know, if you're if you're not a dick about it, you know, who who qualifies as a moderate prospect? Most blogs, most blogs, if you have the main writer who mainly knows about the major league team. That's understandable. That's acceptable. That's tolerable. So let's switch it to Bleed Cubby Blue, who I'm familiar with. Let's say Al is writing an article about a potential trade, and someone says, Cubs, acquire this guy for a moderate prospect. Somebody bounces back at Al. What do I mean by a moderate prospect? You know, what what is give names. Which specific players make sense as moderate prospect? I'd probably be visiting that article because that's probably the kind of article I might be interested in listen uh reading, learning from, etc., all that kind of stuff. And if somebody mentioned a reasonable prospect, I'd be interested. 
you know, Al, who who's a reasonable prospect? Who are we talking about? You know, are we are we talking about like Bryce Ball? Or are we talking about you know? Don't imagine it'd be Christian Christian Hernandez. Maybe Kevin Made. Who 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 is the guy that qualifies as a moderate prospect? You know, is that somewhere in the twenty-two to twenty-six range? You know, who are we talking about? And uh, if I wasn't reading it, he could ask me. He could ask Josh Timmers. And you know, what would what would possibly make sense? What would be a reasonable return? And you could get a little back and forth and just go, oh, okay, how about this? Well, okay, well, at least now we have a name out there to discuss. And, you know, we could discuss, would that team be interested in accepting that player, settling for that player? Would the Cubs be interested in trading that player, letting go of that player? When something gets put into the canon, C-A-N-O-N, not C-A-N-N-O-N, when something gets put into the baseball, into the Cubs cannon, push back. Push back, really. I'm not going to read everything. There's a whole lot of blogs, and I don't care about most of them. Because most of them don't really try. Most of them don't really try to acknowledge, if you're talking about a relative prospect, who is it? Because if you're not going to answer that, I'm probably not going to even be remotely interested in the entire blog, the entire web, uh, in, in the entire website, because for me, you got to either answer the small questions, the incidental questions, the little tiny questions, or it doesn't matter. So let, let's say someone says, let's say someone says, on a blog, on a blog, on an accepted blog, maybe it's not even a Cubs blog. But it's an accepted blog. It's out there. You know, it's, hey, let's make it a big city blog. Let's make it a New York blog. The New York Mets ought to trade for Wilson Contreras. Fair call? Wilson Contreras would help the Mets. No. It would be a better team with Wilson Contreras. If they do the trade soon enough, then that might make it more tempting for Javier Baez to stick around. See how that kind of works? So if the Mets were to uh, trade for Wilson Contreras, it would benefit the Mets. So, okay, what what would the Cubs get back in return? Oh, we'll we'll just send them a moderate moderate prospect. Who's a moderate prospect? Last cycle, last cycle, I was looking at Cubs trading Chris Bryant to the Mets. I was looking at that all the time. I was researching the guys they had in the A-ball. I was listening to games with Alexander Ramirez. I was listening to games with Jalen Palmer. Mainly that was the, or the affiliate I was listening to because they had both of those two, and I was kind of interested in them. But if you're going to make a trade premise, if you're going to make a trade recommendation, I was chit-chatting with someone and pushing back a little bit because they had said, hey, this article over here said the Cubs ought to be able to do this if they return a moderate prospect. I was like, well, what's a moderate prospect? What would make sense 
for the Cubs and for the Rays in this sort of a Tyler Glass now trade? And their response was something to the extent of, well, I'm not Jed Hoyer, it's not my job. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. So I went back to the top of the scroll of the stream and he said, this, the, uh, this is a list of logical acquisitions that the Cubs could possibly make. And on the list was Tyler Glass now. It's like, okay, well, it, it's logical if it makes sense. What's the exchange rate? If the Cubs are having to give up Brennan Davis, it's not a very good trade now, is it? Well, no, it wouldn't be that. It'd be somebody reasonable. Well, who's reasonable? It's not my job. It's Jed Oyer's job. If you're going to put something into the canon, fill it out. Fill it out. Extend it. Do that extra 15, 20 minutes worth of homework. At least throw down a couple of names. Throw down a couple of names. Let's say someone threw down either Kevin Day or who else do we want to throw in there? Pedro Ramirez. Kevin Day or, or Pedro Ramirez. One of the two. Either or. Okay. Now they have at least put down two names. And now with those two names down there, then people can respond. Well, geez, I I kind of like to get Tyler Glass now for a year plus, but I don't want to do it if I have to give up Kevin Maday or Owen Casey or whoever. Maybe I'd be willing to give up Ed Howard. Say some people, I you know. But until you have both ends of the discussion both ends of the transaction, at least written down. Why bother? Why bother? You know, it, it, the, the Cubs ought to trade a really crappy prospect to the Orioles and get Adley Rutschman. See? See how easy that is? It would help the Cubs a lot to get Adley Rutschman. It was like, I think he's now the highest rated prospect in all of baseball. And I just said, give him a crappy prospect. See, I'm a genius. I'm a damn genius because I said, give a crappy prospect to get the best prospect in baseball. If you're going to make a trade recommendation, put something on both sides the equal sign. Put something on both sides the equal sign so people can actually logically discuss and there's a little asterisk on there. When I saw people discussing trades for Anthony Rizzo to the Yankees, and actually I saw a lot of Anthony Rizzo to the Yankees trades before July. Before July. And there was one name that kept popping up. There was one name that appeared in almost every one of those trades. Luke Voigt. And Luke Voigt made sense because, first off, he played the same position as Anthony Rizzo. Second off, people heard of him. Third off, Yankees fans wouldn't have minded trading Luke Voigt at all. So, I, th- I, I, I saw quite a few Luke Voigt plus for Anthony Rizzo plus trades. Whole bunch of those. Whole bunch of those. And people were completely good with it because, hey, they put something on both sides. Um, that the Cubs weren't even remotely interested in someone like Luke Voigt. 
had no bearing on anything. They weren't trying to be accurate. They were trying to, um, oh, geez, what's the word? Uh, they're just, they're trying to make a stand. You know, hey, the, the Cubs ought to, uh, the Yankees ought to acquire Anthony Rizzo. And they, they didn't do the homework part of, well, what is it that the Cubs actually want? What the Cubs actually want, if they're going to trade Anthony Rizzo, is they want players who are going to be long-term retains, including one person who is a completely valid long-term prospect. So when the trade was Anthony Rizzo for Alexander Vizcaino and Kevin Alcantara, most Yankees fans said, who the hell are they? So um, if you're going to do a faux trade, a mock trade, and I, re I recommend you try to do it because you're going to start out and you're going to be horrible at it. When I started doing them, I was terrible at it. There's two keys, two keys. One key is totally and completely assess what both sides are actually looking for. For instance, Yankees, Cubs, Anthony Rizzo trade. What the Yankees wanted was Anthony Rizzo. Plain and simple. What the Cubs wanted was long-term assets that will possibly be of use in 2023, 2024, and beyond. Most Yankees fans were uh, most Yankees fans are completely unaware of the minor leagues. Most Cubs fans are completely unaware of the minor leagues. If you want to do faux trades and it is helpful, learn what both sides are truly after and try to do an honest bit of work to come reasonably close to what it might be. And I'll talk about a trade that I'm having an article on today. Um, Bryce Ball for Jack Peterson. Now, I was not expecting Jack Peterson to the Braves in mid-July. I wasn't. I expected Jack Peterson to get traded. I didn't expect him to go to the Braves specifically. I didn't expect him to go in mid-July. But if someone were to tell me two days in advance, in two days, the Cubs are going to trade Jack Peterson to the Braves, who do you think they will get back in return? Now, I probably wouldn't have nailed Bryce Ball as being the guy. I probably would not have but I probably would have come reasonably close because I would have been looking for players who were recently acquired either through the draft or the international waters and had had somewhat of relative success in the Brave system. I probably wouldn't have guessed Bryce Ball, but I probably would have guessed someone at the A-ball level Maybe a little better than Bryce Ball. Maybe a little worse than Bryce Ball. Probably I would have looked at the Fangraphs listings. And, you know, okay. Uh, probably won't be any of the top five or six guys. So let's look more at 8 to 20. Which of the guys between 8 and 20 
were drafted in 2019 or 2020 or internationally signed. It, see how I'm doing that? I'm assessing what is it that this side wants, what is it that that side wants. If you're going to put something into the baseball canon, do some homework. Yeah, it's uncomfortable looking at another team's players and, well, let's see, which of these guys would make sense for, oh, I want the guy at the very top or maybe the number two guy. Or the, that's not who it's going to be. If you're trying to flash, if you're trying to flash that you're trying to abscond with something from the other team, you're not going to come very close. You're really not going to come very close. If you're trying to, what makes sense for this side, what makes sense for this side, you still probably won't get it right, especially if you've just started doing it. But if you try it once, and you completely miss, completely miss, wow, I completely gave the Cubs a whole lot more than they received. That doesn't necessarily mean that the GM screwed up. It could be that your expectations were wrong. So then you go into the next trade that you're going to do. I mean, and the Cubs end up getting way more in your trade than they did in the real trade. Wow, Jed Hoyer's incompetent. Or maybe, just maybe, your expectations are too high. If you are trying to do faux trades, the goal ought to be come relatively close. If you come relatively close on a faux trade, you're getting there. If you come relatively close on you know that the team is going to have to designate someone for assignment tomorrow. Something's coming up. Somebody's going to be added to the 40-man roster. Nobody's injured. Nobody can be bumped to the 60-day injured list. Who is the guy that's going to get designated for assignment? You make your guess. Logically, you assess all the information. Who is the guy that makes sense to get designated for assignment? You make your guess. And if you guess one guy and, some, and it ends up being somebody different, why, why was I wrong? What did I do wrong? Somebody, I was talking 40-man rosters. Somebody I was talking 40-man rosters to. And they were commenting on how I, I would non-tender David Bodie this offseason. It's a sunk cost, the money. It's a sunk cost. Don't even worry about it. I would, desi I would designate uh, non-tender David Bodie. So, okay, cool. Show me your 40-man roster. What would it be over the offseason? I haven't heard back. I haven't heard back. Do a little bit of homework. Do a little bit of research. Take a little bit of time. Sort through. I love the left-hand center... Uh, left column, right column, center column idea. Right column guys for the free. Right column is for the guys that are free agents anyway. Robinson Torinos, Zach Davies, free agents anyway. All the guys who are free agents anyway. Put them in the right hand column. Guys who you know the Cubs are going to keep.
Nick Madrigal, Nico Horner, Greg Dykeman, Frank Schwindel. They're all left-hand column. Kyle Hendricks, they're left-hand column. Wilson Contreras is left-hand column until unless he gets traded. So those guys are all in the left-hand column. Then you have the guys in the right column who you're not going to keep them. Then you have the guys in the center column who, frankly, I haven't made my mind up on these guys yet. Then you finally get sorted into these guys are in the left column, these guys are in the right column. Then you add the guys who you're going to add because of the Rule 5 draft. And then you have a 40-man roster. Now, mine is now down to 35. I'm pretty pretty good with that. Probably might be down to 34 in a couple days. Probably might be down to 34 in a couple days. Want to see Jason Adam get into a couple more games and see if he belongs or not. He's probably the most important person the rest of the way, as well as keeping everybody healthy. But if you're trying to do something, if you're trying to put something into the canon, whether it's on a blog, whether it's on a website, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's... Do your homework. Do do your homework. There have been so many times I get... 85% 85% done with a tweet or a post or, or whatever it is. And I said, you know, that thing that I'm assuming I'm right on, I could just go to Baseball Reference and check it. <coughs> what, what was the date on that trade? What was the day that the Cubs claimed that guy on waivers? Who was it that the Cubs designated for assignment to activate this guy? You can find that stuff. It's not really all that hard. It takes a couple minutes sometimes. But uh, usually you can find it. Do the homework. Put stuff out there. Make yourself vulnerable. Make mistakes. It's perfectly fine to make a mistake. Here's my list. Hey, Tim, you had 35 guys on the 40-man roster and three of them you were wrong on. Cool. That gives me a chance to learn. Why did I screw up? Got to find out for myself because... If I don't learn for myself why I was wrong, then next time when I do the 40-man roster next year, uh, I'll make the same dumb mistakes. Got to get better. Mistakes are fine. What's not so fine is when you do make a mistake or you leave a fissure in your article and someone asks you, well, you know, what was it that you were expecting to go back the other way? To not answer. Finish the work, finish the homework, finish the work. And if you're trying to promote a fake trade, finish it, finish it. Even if it's a situation of where, no, I'm not entirely comfortable with saying the Cubs should trade Caleb Killian to get a year and a portion of Tyler Glass now. At least if you put the name out there, You've got something there. You've got something to work with. You've put something on both sides of the equal sign. You actually have an equation. Sometimes people write stuff as, oh, well, I just, you know, I just wrote it. I just wrote it. But what you forget is, for some people, they inhale anything that's written about the Cubs. They inhale anything. Somebody writes something, hey, 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 this person said it. 
This person said it, so it's got to be true. It's got to have a whole lot of accuracy to it. He even said he had an unconfirmed source, maybe. It's got to be true, then. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't matter. If it's not logical, it doesn't matter. If you haven't finished it, it doesn't matter. If you're doing anything along the lines of an article or a fake trade or an article on a fake trade, try as hard as you can to finish the fake trade. You might get mocked for it, but at least you're trying to complete the project. Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arb Excellence. I'll have another podcast up soon if circumstances warrant. I'll attempt to have that worth your time as well. Be safe, go Cubs, go, and be nice to people.